Check, check, check. Keep them coming in. Yo, yo, yo. What's good, Grundy? Great. I'm alive and breathing. How are you, God? Hey, man. Everything's good, man. Everything's good. I can't complain. It's another day. Another Sunday in the in the stew. You know what I mean? Back at it, finally. Took a, a month off. <laughs> Accidentally. Yeah. It's a bad habit that we have. But, I mean, we're back. About to try to stay consistent for at least... We got to try to stay consistent for these next three months or so. Because okay. we got to... You know what I mean? We might be might be splitting up, unfortunately, my guy. Yeah. So we gotta try to stay consistent. Put out put out push out content. We can push out content for 90 days straight, bro. I think that'll be good. And once we figure out how we will be able to maneuver, it's you know definitely what I mean? possible. For sure. We just gotta stay consistent on top of everything. But yeah, when we back at it officially, celestial conversations episode. I believe this is 27. 27. Yes, episode 27. Um, like I said, it's your boy King Vaughn on the mic. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at King X Vaughn underscore and on Twitter at Rugby underscore Reggie. And to my right, as always, is my guy, your favorite co host, Grundy the Ghost. You already know. Follow me at The Grundy Show on Instagram and Twitter. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah, man, uh, what you uh, anything you want to catch the people up on real quick before we introduce our our humble and beautiful guest that we have today. Yeah, uh, this past week I have been watching new shows, not new, new shows, but I've been watching um, WTF, Baron Davis. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, okay. On TV. Okay. I'm on like episode three. It's pretty funny so far. Gotcha. I ain't know Baron had a, had a TV show, to be honest. I didn't either, so I found on Hulu. Didn't I know. Stepping to the time machine, watching the Bernie Mac show, which is a mm-hmm. classic. Rest know. in peace to the king. Music-wise, listen to uh, Summer Walker, um, Common new album. Go on, I'll revisit the Chance, Chance to uh, rap a new album. I revisit that, that's all right, it's kind of long. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, only 25 Chance songs. Yeah. Definitely don't. Um, Go on, music real quick. That Summer album is very, very smooth. She yeah. got she got a couple songs on there that I actually resonate with. I was like, yo, I had to run these things back. Some of those songs was fire, and that Common album, I don't know why, I, I ran it through the one time and I was like, I don't know. I, I had a biased opinion because of the Joe Budden's podcast and everything, but when I ran it back again, he talking some shit on there, bro. Indeed. So I got some fire songs on there. I've listened to Wale, New John, Wow, That's Crazy. Mm-hmm. Where The Baby John, Danny Brown. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a, it was a decent, amount of, decent amount of music to drop in the, in the latter part of the year, but... um. Before we get too far into that, we might as well just introduce our guest now, yeah. in case she has yeah. some song or any any albums she, she want to let the audience know about. So, introduce yourself, Queen. Who we got with us today? Hi, my name is Janae. You can follow me on Instagram at Janae Marshall. And it's good to be here. You might want to spell it out. You know, we got some people who can't spell. Janae <laughs> spell differently in different areas, so you might want to. J A N A I M Y C H E L L. Appreciate it, appreciate it. So yeah, we have, I guess, like I said, Grundy and Vaughn here as always, and then we got Janae with us as well. And um, so yeah, anything you wanna, anything you reading or listening to lately that you, I mean, has caught your attention that you are indulging in? Any movies, anything like that? Or you just work, 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 home, sleep, sleep, work, work, work. Work, 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 work. I could dig it, I could dig it. I respect the hustle. So, I mean, it happens, it happens. But um, as far as myself, I mean, pretty much as far as albums go, everything Grunny just said is pretty much our co-sign as far as stuff I've been listening to lately. Um, 
I haven't watched anything new, but I just got a fire stick. Jail broke that dang. What? For the free? On top of that, yes. Oh yeah, well, check out the Wu-Tang joint when you came to Wu-Tang series. I was watching it with Jamie last night, so that joint is hard. I mean, he was like at the last three episodes, mm. but it was fire so far, so I'm gonna have to start and watch one through six. Um, I got so much stuff to add, it, add to the list, like the Wu-Tang saga. I kind of want to start watching Breaking Bad. Um, I still have to finish The Wire. Like, there's so much stuff that I got to watch, bro. I started watching it's Dragon Ball Z again. It's going to be there. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that's the other thing. It's television, so I don't watch regular TV like that. So. I don't think any of us really do, other than sports, basketball, football. Mm-hmm. Word. So we're on the same site, time, same frequency. But, um, yeah. So that's... That's what the Celestials have been doing this past month or whatever the case may be. We apologize as always for being gone for so long. We're gonna try to switch the paradigm once again for these next three months, well, two and a half months of the year and get y'all consistent content going into the holidays and everything like that. But um, yeah, so as far as today's topic today, man, what are we talking about, Grundy? PWIs versus HBCUs. PWI meaning predominantly white institution. HBCU, historically black colleges and universities. Word, and but uh, what, what what about them? What about like what about the PWIs and HBCUs? Is we gonna we gonna touch on? We're gonna touch on how a lot of these athletes should be attending HBCUs instead of PWIs because all the money is going to PWIs and not to the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take a deep dive into that. Facts and. I think it'll be a pretty good conversation because we got two people who either went or are going to HBCUs and we have an individual who essentially went to PWIs his entire life as far as high school and college. So I think it'll be a pretty good conversation a lot of different perspectives and opinions. And we got two really good articles that we're going to drop in the description as well for y'all to go take a look at. One of them is actually written by uh, Jamel Hill. Y'all know if y'all watch ESPN or did when she was still working with them, y'all know who Jamel Hill is, or just conscious and aware of, you know, what I mean, in the community, y'all know who Jamel Hill is. So, but yeah, so as far as PWIs versus HBCUs, um, like I said, I never had the opportunity to actually attend an HBCU as far as being like an actual student enrolled, mm-hmm. but just from being just from a, going like to homecomings and stuff like that and having people and friends and loved ones and family members who went there and everything. It was something that I always wish I was I was uh, able to do, but it just didn't really work out. Like the universe just didn't really have it in my in my plan. So I never I never actually attended HBCU. I ended up going to a PWI called King's College up in Wilkes-Barre, PA. In the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> up in yeah, up in what they call Nepa, which is northeastern PA. Um you know what I mean it was really small. Like I said, it wasn't very diverse. Um, luckily, the black people that were there essentially are people that I'm all really, really close with now, which is kind of, which is really dope. Um, made some really close friends from being there and everything like that. But the black athletes didn't really get treated uh, as well as they probably should have. A lot of times, from what I would hear, like if what somebody that would even in high school, it's like this, not necessarily like the seniority thing, but it, I just felt like if you was good and you were more talented than a white person you still wasn't getting burned or any, any tick just because you know what i mean certain prejudice still probably it would it, obviously it was never like blatantly said but it was just stuff that, that took place within the campus you know what i mean and then we can get to the academic part 
after like on the um the latter part of the, the episode but yeah i just feel like if we took our talents to our own institute well, i can't even say our own institutions because hbcus aren't even owned by black people for those who did not know yeah true all these big hbcus howard spelman morehouse famu etc cetera, etc cetera, none of these things are ran or owned by black people very true like change so, the squads and now the first hbcu that was owned by the quakers mm-hmm. you know, they're christians but they're like a little off brand of christians and they mm-hmm. they're quakers they started they started the school so mm-hmm. they're not they're not black it was white do you know who like founded Dell state by chance mm-hmm. you don't yeah, me neither. I know, like, Spellman, that's named after uh, Rockefeller's wife or something like that. Crazy. Or his and mom. Like, like, like Howard for Howard University. I think that's some white man, mm-hmm. truthfully. I don't know who, but the reason, why, the reason why I bring that point to the um, the audience's attention and everything is because, I mean, if you just go back to the history and everything like that, obviously, black students weren't even allowed to enroll in PWIs. That really was the main reason for HBCUs even being started. Right. But the misconception is, is that I, we, you know what I mean, we started HBCUs, we got them off the ground, whatever the case may be. We we didn't have the, we didn't fund these schools. I mean, obviously we funded them because we were being enrolled in the schools, but as far as the founders and the people who were actually, you know what I mean, like starting the institutions. They weren't black. They weren't black people, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Um, and so as far as that, I mean, granted, I feel like, what do you think about this? So you know how a lot of times, especially with the NFL lately, a lot of celebrities, a lot of black people were saying, oh, why don't Diddy and Jay just buy an NFL team, blah, blah, blah. I even said it, yeah. Right. Well, how, don't, what about the opposite? Why don't they just try to buy one of these HBCUs, you know, or get ownership in one of these HBCUs? Because, I mean, first of all, they're probably owned by several different people. It's probably like a, what do they call it? Like... Partnership, nah. Um, a partnership. It's similar to like like malls and stuff like that. Malls aren't usually owned by just one person. Right. It's usually owned and ran by like multiple people. Mm-hmm. So whatever that word is called, it's, it's partnership. It's, yeah, yeah, whatever. partnership. Yeah. It's pretty much similar to that. So why don't they collectively come together to try to actually gain full control and ownership of some of these HBCUs? What I do you agree. think about that? Uh, that's a great idea. That's a, a wonderful idea because the whole the whole synopsis of this is to keep the dollar black. So if you got a black entertainer, black politician, whatever, mm-hmm. putting money into that institution, a black institution, then it's gonna keep the dollar black. It's gonna make me more inclined to go to HBCU, which I'm already in, but somebody else, they're like, oh, did he sponsor DSU? All right, I'm going there. We're gonna have Priest of Rock every Friday, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. You're more inclined to go there if you see your own people trying to help you out in that institution as well, along with the community. It's not mm-hmm. just that school. Mm-hmm. What do you think it would take, Janae, to, I guess, for for more, not, so, not necessarily for more black people to attend HBCUs, but for them to be, I guess, accredited more, to have more stains. You know how, like, in pre-production, I say how, like, a 4.0 at UD doesn't, or is held in a higher regard than a 4.0 at Dell State, which is where you went. So, like, how do you, what do you think, like, why do you think that is, I guess, like, is the best way to ask. Um, I don't know, but I deal with it in my life personally. When I say that <laughs> I went to DSU mm-hmm. right off the bat, it's just like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like at the lower end of universities in Delaware. Right. And so it probably is because it's a historically black college, but also because of the major that I have in nursing, how I went back and forth between being accredited or not accredited. But regardless to say, um, 
where I came from and my degree doesn't dictate how well I am in my career. Like, no matter where I've been, Facts. what hospital I'm at, I'm always the best at what I do. So, my university, the accreditation, where it was, whether people go to UD or wherever they go, mm -hmm. um, I've always risen to the top. And so, I'm proud to say that I came from HBCU because when I'm in charge of everybody else who went to Dell Tech or Wesley or UD, it's me that's bossing y'all around today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I'm not really sure why that is, but at the same time, it's still something to be proud of. Word. So, that's a, that's a hell of a point. And it kind of just goes back to a point that we've touched on previous. It's like, that paper really don't mean much. They don't. You know what I mean? Like, would you agree? I agree. Because, I mean, I know you have a degree, so I don't want to, like, discredit everything no, that it took for you to get that piece of paper. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it, like, it it doesn't really mean much. And then, to your point, like, where you got it from only means but so much. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, obviously, okay, if you got a degree from a UD versus a Dell State or whatever, okay, you, maybe, maybe UD might present more opportunities for students and more internships. You might be able to meet more people who might be able to get your foot in the door, whatever, 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 you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But even still, it's like, once you get your foot in the door, what are you gonna do? Right. You know what I mean? Like, somebody, a white kid from a PWI, a black kid from a, from a PWI might been able to get their foot in the door easier than you, but you might have that work ethic, right. you know what I mean? Once you, got, once you get there, to be able to outshine them, you know what I mean? Right. So, it's a very, very interesting and good point for sure. Speaking of that, I'm not gonna put the name of where I work at, but mm -hmm. it took me four times applying mm -hmm. to get in. Wow. Versus other people who applied once and got in, but I think it's your dedication and you really wanted something mm -hmm. that the opportunity will eventually present itself to you in the right timing. And then once you get in, you just work your magic and you be who you are and you show people like people see my work ethic they see how good I am and then they ask where I came from and what school I went to right so it's like oh you went to DSU mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah I did <laughs> facts well that's good especially it's, it's good that you that you essentially own it you know what I mean you're not afraid to say where you went you know what I mean? Right. Not to say that people do, but I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know really. Some people might be afraid to say what's who they want to and everything like that for whatever reason. But um, <clears throat> what you think, Rob? Like, how do you, how does it feel? Because you kind of want to, I guess, in a sense, both. Yeah. To an extent. I mean, would you, yeah, I guess you want to both in a, in a sense. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, in regards to PWI, I would say St. George's was more of a PWI, my high school I went to. Mm -hmm. And I went there my freshman year to my senior year. It was more so a culture shock for me because I'm coming from Darby, PA, which is predominantly black. You see a few white people here and there, but you're not going to school with them like that. So coming to St. George's in Middletown, Delaware, people are driving them big behind trucks with them uh, duck hunting outfits on. It's just kind of a culture shock to you. So when I got there, it's like, ah, I'm just sitting back quiet and observing everything and seeing how everybody operate from the white people to the other people to the black people. I'm just seeing how everybody operate. And it was different. Like you mm -hmm. feel like you walk around with your head down because you you don't know who to communicate with. Like you don't know where you fit in that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you know, I found my friends and hang out with, and I'm st I'm close with everybody to this day. But at first, it was a learning experience. But now going to an HBCU for college, um, 
I feel like more at home, like you run your people all the time, but you still gotta, you know, gauge people because you got your ratchets, then you got your propers, then you got your regulars, so mm-hmm. it all it all depends. But it's a, you feel a lot more comfort when you're around your own people instead of being around other races, such as whites, Indian, Chinese, whatever, more so the whites, because they're the biggest terrorists in this country. But um, if I'm on a, at a PWI campus, I will feel, I, I know I have been, like walking around University of Delaware campus, I felt like different, strange, just being low-key paranoid, like what's gonna happen to me? I'm gonna get pulled over by a cop for jaywalking. There's so many different things, but you just feel more at home when you're around your own people, that's all I can say. That's true, that's true. But then to your point, as far as being around your own people, you feel more at home. You know what I mean? All your skin folk and your kin folk. Exactly. So, that's it's what I like, said, you gotta gauge it. Yeah. This person ratchet, is they, they cool like me, or are they the Oreo? They black on the outside, but mm-hmm. white inside, so. Yeah, well, not even with that, but then, like, even, like I said, how some people who go to these, black people who go to these PWIs, how they view HBCUs or students who go to HBCUs and everything, and vice versa, because, I mean, people who go to HBCUs might sometimes look at people, black people who go to PWIs as sellouts or whatever the case may be, right. and then, like I said, the opposite, black people who go to PWIs look at somebody who attended HBCU as getting a, a lesser education right. in I comparison know, for, to them. To be honest, my personal experience growing up, I would I would always say I never go to HBCU because I don't want to be around my people all the time because it's not like that in the real world. I'm mm-hmm. not around your people all the time. That's the only reason why I said I'll never go to HBCU because yeah, I'm going to school with my people, but say if I did work in computer engineering, mm-hmm. not saying there's no black people in there, but I know that's a field that's predominantly white for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I knew that all right, if I'm going to school with other people and not going to work field, I'm going to feel uncomfortable because I'm so accustomed to going to school with my people. But in the work world, I'm working with white people and many other races. That's the reason why I said when I was younger, I wouldn't go to HBCU. Mm-hmm. But now being older, I want to be around my people because I want to get back to my people. I want to learn from my people because, like I said, you got the ratchets, you got the proper, you got the, the regulars. So you want to learn like how to properly engage with those, those uh, I guess, stereotypes of black people. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, and it's, it's. I mean, I I wanted to. Once I was at Kings for like three years, I really wanted to go. And this is before I even got conscious for it. I just really wanted to go to to HBCU. Like I applied to Howard and everything like that. But it's weird because I applied to Howard, submitted the application, but I never heard anything back. Like it was the weirdest situation, which like on the surface sounds like some regular HBCU shit, but <laughs> which is sad to say, but. At the same time, I don't. I, don't, I mean, maybe I, I probably should have just been more proactive on my end and reached out and tried to figure out what you know. What I mean, what was really going on and why I didn't hear anything back. But I just really wanted to be around, like you said, my people because I grew up in a not so diverse, predominantly white area. Like I said, I only it's a high school I went to, dumb small. I graduated with like fifty five kids. Yeah, only only nine of them were black. And then the college I went to, like I said there were black kids there, but it wasn't like. It wasn't like a, a temple where it's mad diverse. It was it was a PWI. So, and it was just, after a while, I just felt like I didn't really fit in this to an extent, or there wasn't that many people that I could relate to or they could relate to me, you know what I mean? So like I said, there were black kids there and all of them I was pretty much cool with, but it still wasn't enough for me. So after a while, like I said, I tried to go to Howard, try to get into Howard, that kind of fell through and and as most listeners know, like I said, once I became conscious, I kind of just steered away from college as a whole. Mm-hmm. But even still, sometimes I wish I went 
I was able to go to an HBCU and actually attend, be a student, live on campus, et cetera, et cetera, and not just be able to go to a homecoming every year and everything like that. Um, but yeah, so, and then some some stats that I peeped here in this, I think this is the, uh, the Jamel Hill article is that, so in regards to HBCUs, they've produced 80% of black judges, 50% of black lawyers, 50% of black doctors, 40% of black engineers, 40% of black members of Congress, and 13% of the CEOs in America today. That's deep, and they come from HBCUs. Yeah. And we have one right here, you know, Facts. a medical professional. Exactly. Coming from HBCU. So exactly. That, that means a lot. Yeah, so. It makes up what, 50%? Of what? I said doctors, something like that, 50%. Yeah, 50% of black doctors come from HBCUs. So, it's it's just to touch on this, what we touched on in the beginning. It's like it's pretty much all what you what you make of yourself mm -hmm. after you get the degree in that field that you choose to major in or chose to major in. You know what I mean? And chose to pursue a career in because that HBCU card I think does it holds strong in the, to black people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And white people might discredit it and might say, excuse me, might say what they want to say about it, but in the black community, in my eyes, it's like, okay, somebody tells me, oh, yeah, I went to wherever, I went to, you know what I mean, I went to UD or whatever the case may be. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. But to me, someone said, oh, I went to I went to Morehouse or I graduated from Spelman or, I mean, granted, I feel, that's another thing I'm going to touch on, but I just feel like, to me, that holds, that holds stronger to me saying some, saying somebody graduated from some of those schools because of all the history that holds all the celebrities or activists that graduated from these schools. You know what I mean? Um, but again, shout out to all the other HBCUs out there outside of like the five people named when, every, when the HBCU was mentioned, which is like Howard, Spelman, Morehouse, FAMU, and whatever the other, like there's like five. Shout when out it, to Dell State. Facts. Shout out to Cheney. Exactly. Shout out to all the other ones. Uh, facts. a lot more, but that's the sad part. We don't even know yeah, about Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know that's that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's like there's so many HBCUs out there, but as soon as you say HBCU, you think of three schools, mm -hmm. Howard, Morehouse, and Spelman. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much where it caps. Yeah. But there's so many other ones. And I think as a people, we need to not only start branching out outside of those three, but just branch out in general into more attending more HBCUs. Now, like, well, granted, I don't know necessarily know what the stats are like as in general as just regular students trying to get like a, just an academic education. But that can kind of segue into the second half of this, which is with athletes attending more HBCUs and how much how drastically that would change things as far as sports go and that everything would like that. The paradigm all the way. It'll tip the scale. Exactly. How you how you think so? I know so because say if. All right, the number one pick last year was who? Zion Williamson, right? Or was it number two? I think it was number I one. I don't think it was definitely number one. Yeah, yeah. Number one. <laughs> definitely was number Pelicans, one. But yet, he went to Duke University. Uh-huh. Say if he went to the Howards, the DSUs, the Chains, mm -hmm. he still would have got drafted number one, but imagine the amount of money he would have brought to that school mm -hmm. instead of bringing it to Duke, where Duke is a multi, I want to say probably multi-billion dollar school, if not million. But if he went to HBCU, he could have funneled all that money from jersey sales, ticket sales into that school, which then could be funneled to the community as well, not just the school. Mm -hmm. But if him being at Duke, it would just bring in more money to the school, boosters supporting the school even more. And any other top athletes, whether basketball, football, soccer, whatever, 
if you highly rank, especially ESPN rank, if you're to go to HBCU, you're gonna bring all that camera attention to HBCUs and hopefully inspire young boys and girls to do the same thing, go to HBCUs instead of PWIs. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Janine? I agree. Right. Cause it's like, so it's another stat from this Jamel Hill article is, so Alabama's athletic department generated $174 million in the 2016-2017 school year. Whereas the HBCU generated the most money for athletics that year was um, the Prairie View. Yeah, Prairie View A&M and brought in only, how much did they brought in in comparison? Like 1.1 million, something like that. Nah, it was, it was more than that, but. but it, it was, little, it was more than that. Let's say eight. Teen. Okay. So they brought in 18 million as opposed to, like I said, that's the most, that, that the highest generating HBCU for athletics was, like I said, this Prairie View A&M, and they brought in 18 million. But in comparison to Alabama, which has been, like, it's like the Patriots oh, of, yeah, it's like the Patriots for NCAA football, they brought in 174 million. You know what I mean? That's, that's the athletic department as a whole. So it's not just football, but even still, it's... That's literally almost ten times the amount of <laughs> the yeah. amount of money that that um the top school essentially came over. Um I mean brought in rather, excuse me. Which is nuts. And so it's like to your point, if some of these you know what's crazy? Some of these pretty much all these D one schools, they're so deep, mm-hmm. like the third and fourth string kids who's not even gonna get no burn, if they even went to HBCUs and they started and know, just you know what I mean? Like Matt, the star power. That's what I'm saying, because most of these schools are so like the Alabamas, the LSU's, the Oklahomas. They're so deep that their third and fourth string players could be starters not only at any other school probably in the country, but obviously at HBCU. You know what I mean? So, and and most I mean obviously most of them are black. So that's the whole point. But a lot of these PWIs have teams full of black people. Yes. And that's the only time you really see the black people is if they're part of athletic programs. Yeah. Other than that, they're not there on academic scholarships. Not saying people don't make it on academic scholarships, but nine mm-hmm. times out of ten it's athletic scholarships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the truth. And so I, I don't I don't know, man. I just I mean there was a post on Twitter that kinda I saw I forgot what the dude's name, what the kid's name was. Um, but he did like he went and worked out at Howard and he's pretty much he pretty much tweeted what is this? What's this kid's name? You talking about the young brother for basketball? He committed there. He's supposed to be going there next year, I think. Um, let me see. Uh, Josh Christopher. I don't know his name. Uh, Peace. Right? Official visit to Howard University. Da da da. Says all it takes is one to shift the culture. Who's next? Yeah, so yeah, maybe he yeah. did commit to Howard. But yeah, this dude, you ever watch his highlights on Baller's yeah. um, Baller's Life? Yeah, that's yo, that's that dude's, yo, that dude's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, if he's doing it, he like I said, he's the top top five high school recruit in basketball in the country, and he's saying, Nah, I'm not going to go to Duke. You know, I'm not going to. I don't even know who the top NCAA basketball teams are, which is quite, which is crazy. Outside of Duke and North Carolina, yeah, North Carolina, Nova, oh Kentucky. That's not the school yeah. I was thinking of. He was like, nah, I'm not going there. I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to Howard and, and play with my people. Yeah. I mean, Another thing I think will influence is kids not going to college for one or two years if they go to HBCU. I think they'll be more inclined to stay. Like, yo, I like it here. I like 
being around people, going to these parties, this and that, going to class, mm-hmm. and they're going to actually get a degree. So if they don't make it, they got something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Whether it's being an engineer, a doctor, and, you know what I'm saying, a lawyer, whatever, they're not going to school for one and one and done or two years just to make it to the league, mm-hmm. just to be broke or injured. Right. Because to that point, because I feel like when these black kids are on these white campuses, this like it's kind of like a slave mentality on an extent. It's like it's like a big it's a big man dingo fight. Mm-hmm. So they're just watching like, oh yes, Zion, he's so big and strong, he can dunk the ball, blah blah blah. But they don't really care about Zion the person. Right. Like say if Zion got into some shit on Duke's campus with a cop or whatever the case may be, them white kids is those in them stands every Friday Saturday night at that game. They're gonna, you know what I mean? They're gonna turn the can't blue lives matter. Exactly, they're gonna turn the shoulder, and he's just gonna be another nigga, exactly. quick. So to your point, if they went to an HBCU, they might feel more like at home. You know what I mean? So that's another, it's another good point, for sure. It's just, like I said, it's just a discussion that's gonna be never ending until, like I said, until yeah, something happens. happens. Yeah. yeah, until some, some students or some athletes are just like, yo, let's go to an HBCU instead. Let's. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna take, but if I was a top recruit, I mean, granted, we could always this is all just speculation. But if Grundy and I knew each other, we was like juniors in high school, and we knew we was gonna be like top athletes. I think if we knew what we know now, obviously it'd be like, yo, I know we got these offers from Duke right here on this table, man. But look, let's take our talents elsewhere. Facts, man. Let's shift the paradigm real quick. Let's go to let's go to Howard. Fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go somewhere and just. Just, just turn up. Cause I mean, historically, like, just like you said, man. If, if, if we did it, we could. It would be like on some Negro League type stuff. Indeed. Cause we would really be. I don't know, man. It would just be different. You shift the paradigm. You bring all them, all that media attention to that school instead of mm-hmm. when you go to Duke. You like, damn, this crowd is big. I don't know if I'm gonna perform well for this crowd. They got all these cameras, bro. I'm gonna fold tonight. Or if you're already accustomed to it, to it being at your school already, it's like, yeah, we we have the stadiums rocking, all these cameras watching us. Yeah, we can go to this white school and, and beat the brains out of them. Football, basketball, volleyball, whatever. Right. Like, can you imagine, like, Howard in the Final Four, bro? Or something crazy? Like, several HBCUs yeah. in the Final Four, not just Howard? Know, that's what I always wondered. Like, why don't I ever see him in the Final Four? Just the funding, but at the same time, the star power, too. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know what it would take. I mean... It probably is the funding because you know you know Trump like wanted to cut funding for HBCUs, right? I did not know. Yeah, bro. So he wanted. I mean, that's that's another reason. Like, man, if if all these kids is going to these schools and it's bringing in so much money, you're not going to be like you cut funding. Like, how are you going to cut funding? We bring in all this bread. So it's it's like go ahead, cut funding. We still gonna make this bread if you right. If you cut it, we still gonna bring it ourselves. Like, we bring in the best athletes every year. Like I said, we producing some of the best best students in X, Y, and Z fields. So it's just different things that that they, they could really change as far as athletics. And like I said, I feel like on the education piece, I feel like a degree from an HBCU, like to, in my eyes, is held in a high regard. Um, and granted, I think it depends on what HBCU it is. Like I said, to your point, some people here at Dell State and be like, oh, you went to Dell State? But if somebody said, oh, I went to Cheney or somewhere I don't even know where else somewhere else it's like, it's, like is it is it Cheney is like middle school you you better from Cheney guys you can go back to college okay <laughs> well, one of the other I guess I guess highly accredited like 
um, what damn, what is it? Because I, because when I was doing all the research for like HBCUs when I was trying to transfer, I think at the time, like the top HBCU in the country was um, North Carolina A and T. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that was like the best. That was like the time HBCU in the country. Wasn't that school in Drumline? Nah, it was called Atlanta ANT, which is even a school. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Morris Brown, yeah, that's a real school. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was in Atlanta, I saw it was like it was signs for Spellman okay. Morris Brown. Oh, okay. But yeah, I saw it on signs. Uh, I was saying Morris Brown, Clark, Spellman, Morehouse. Because they're all like <laughs> on the block same away, block. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the yeah. same block down there. It's crazy. But yeah. It's um, it's a lot of HBCUs out there. So, shout out to any kids who might be in high school by chance, cause EJ might be. He actually told me some of his friends be like listening and didn't know like I like I was his brother. It's, it's wild. So shout out to the shout out to the youngins who might still be in high school listening to this man. If you thinking about where to go to college, think about going to an HBCU before you go into a PWI, man, because I think the overall social experience will be better. And beneficial for you and then, like I said don't listen to what anybody is saying as far as it being a lesser education the education is gonna be the same and that piece of paper at the end of it is gonna mean just as much as it does from a black kid going to a PWI at the end of the day so just follow your dreams follow your heart and follow your people for real, for real at the end of the day and if people need real-life example of how it is to be on a PWI just get on Netflix and watch Dear White People Great example. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like it's a TV show, but yeah. it is. I haven't watched the third season yet because I mean the last season kind of kind of turned me off. It was some yeah. some some activity going on in there. I stuff on there, but facts. Some activity going on. I ain't really. As we know, this is the world nowadays. They're gonna put on the TV. Y'all crazy. That's an agenda that's being pushed. I love that agenda. So. But it is a good show. The first two seasons were good. I never watched the movie still to this day. But don't don't watch the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it started as a movie, then they made it to a show. Yeah, yeah. everybody's Chris Bull baby mad, so <laughs> he was the gay one in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. But anywho, you know, attend your HBCUs. Don't attend the PWIs. Mm -hmm. Check out Dear White People. Y'all haven't already the show, not the movie. Word. Um, Janet, you got anything else to say? I know you spoke a little bit, but we were just calling the mic. Can I talk about something that bothers me? In regards to this topic? Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. So, going to Dulce, um, a lot of people not of color got full rides because they weren't of color. Right, the minority scholarship. And that always bothered me. Because huh. um, you would see white people getting full rides, and here I am now in student debt. Like, I feel like HBCUs like to focus on diversity so much to the point where it's hurting black people. Mm, that's a great so point. So I look to the left of me and the right of me and I see white people who talk about their full ride scholarships because of this diversity agenda. And I'm just like, dang, mm -hmm. I'm paying all this money and I'm going to be in debt. But um, that's not offered to me if I wanted to go to UD. That's a great point. It's great a struggle. Point. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like... It always bothered me and I never really, I mean, I do understand why they want the diversity, but at the end of the day, like, put your people first. If this is something that you're representing historically black, mm -hmm. why are you giving away free education to people who aren't black? Preach. Yeah, I think that just goes back to something we touched on in the beginning. It's like, at the end of the day, these schools aren't ran or owned by our people. 
So there's always going to be some kind of hidden agenda to still, even at a school that's called an HBCU, to benefit their own somehow and still infiltrate. You, know, you, you see what I'm saying? Exactly. It's yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy how that goes. It's wow. As always, what's it's levels? <laughs> it's levels. Wow. That's nuts. That's really really nuts. And it's like I would when I was so when I would be out there with Jamie when I was like in. It's funny because I went out there a couple times like during the summer when I was a freshman in high school and they thought I was about to be a freshman in college, mm-hmm. but I would be out there on campus with them. And so, I mean, I saw, I saw, I don't know, I guess the it was the volleyball team that was out there this particular summer and there was a couple white girls on the team and I was like, it kind of like shocked me. I was like, why are there white people on this campus? Because I was young at the time, it didn't really click. So I'm like, why are there white kids here? But it's for when it comes to sports or something like that, like. That's really how it be. Like the, the baseball teams at HBCUs be having white kids on it. You know what I mean? The volleyball teams and stuff like that. So it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. One of my one of my good friends in high school with, he's white. He graduated from DSU. He played baseball there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he graduated the same year you did. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say his name after. <laughs> yes. It's interesting, man, how we think like I said, every time we think something is really for us or benefiting us it's like not to say that hbcus aren't but they're also like he's still doing stuff for others yeah when that that full ride scholarship could have went to you could have went to somebody you know to any i mean who knows man it's just like i said there's so many different levels and layers to this conversation that it's it's <laughs> you don't even know where to start or begin or end Cause it's always something. But well, we started this, so somebody gonna have to finish and shift the paradigm. Mm-hmm. So any ESPN top recruits for any sport, male or female, bring y'all behind to HBCU, please. Mm-hmm. Did you like, did you apply to HBCUs out out of college? Yeah, I applied. I actually applied to Cheney, I applied to Dell State. I almost went to Dell State. I did like the uh, student orientations and everything. Met my roommate. Then like the next week, they were like, "Yeah, you gotta take another loan out to stay on campus." Mm-hmm. I said, what? That was all included when I came down there. Why well, I got to take another loan out? So I was like, give my money back, whatever. They refunded my house and all that. Just, I just never attended. Then I ended up going to Wilmington University after that. Mm-hmm. Time goes on, I transferred to Cheney. Mm-hmm. And I applied for Howard, too. And they were my first choices. HBCUs were my first choices. What about you? Dell State was my only choice. Really? I wasn't about to go anywhere else. That's the only place you applied to? Yes. Why? I didn't want to go anywhere else. Hmm. And I had looks from PW. I was like, I had looks from Princeton for football, um, Wesley for football, um, where else? Stevenson University. That was a newer school. And I was like, I'm not going to go to a brand new school once again. So that's why I didn't go there. But yeah. Hmm. I had PWIs on me to, when, when they come in. But I want to go to HBCUs. Interesting. Hey, that's. I want to be around with a fine young lady. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> it's, I, like I said, I always say I don't regret, I don't like saying I regret something, but if I regret anything, it's how I went about my college situation. I didn't apply to not one HBCU coming out of high school. Mm. Not one. Dang. Not one. You were, you were informed, that's why. Like you said, if you know, if you knew then what you know now, life would be totally different. But that's anybody. Yeah. And it's like my, like I said, my, my older brother, he went to Dell State, but 
I just knew how close Del State was to this house, and I kind of wanted to get away. So, but even still, I could have, I could have went to fucking FAMU, like <laughs> that's yeah. a thousand miles away from where I grew up in Jersey. But I just wasn't aware. So, and I just, yeah, I just, I just wish I applied to more HBCUs. And, and you still can, man. Look at that cannon. Yeah, like I said, I still I still could go to school, but then I could also just continue to add to the debt I'm already in. So that's the main reason why I'll, I'll probably never go back to school. A thousand percent. So that's that's the main reason. Like, yes, I could obviously re-enroll or at least apply and try to re-enroll back in college and try to go to an HBCU, but it's the money. I don't got $20,000 sitting around per year, per semester to put into that. So, and I'm not about to take out another loan. Loans with an S. Yeah, that's wrong. So that's a dub. At that point, it's a Z. Because you're trying to go to sleep after that. All the loans you got to pay back. Cat, that's <laughs> facts. No cap. So, yeah, man. HBCUs, PWIs. Like I said, it's a conversation that's going to be had for a while. And keep having it because people need to be, be aware. Mm-hmm. Like I said, people, because like I said, look at me in high school. I, not to say I wasn't aware of HBCUs, but I wasn't informed enough to essentially want to apply to HBCU outside of Bell State. Right. You know what I mean? Because that was, for some reason, the only HBCU that I was aware of. Or, I mean, granted, there was a, a, other factors that took that they wanted to play. Like, I was trying to play basketball, come out of, out of high school and college still, and that was kind of what determined where I applied. So there were other factors mm-hmm. that caused me not to apply to any other. HBCUs, but even still, have the conversation, get kids aware, let people know what an HBCU is. Cause I, even even let them know what a PWI is. I said a PW, I said the term PWI to a black person before. They were like, "What does that even mean?" I'm like, I had to explain to them what it stood for, and they was like, "Wow, okay." And so yeah, man, just it's a conversation that needs to be had, not for the betterment or worse of a PWI HBCU, but just for the education purposes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I got friends out there that have kids. I mean, granted, none of them are close to going to college, but even still, just to, I don't know how early the conversation needs to be had, but I think it should be had. It's just an education piece about our people because they're not going to teach us about HBCUs in high school. They don't teach us about our people any other way, so they're definitely not going to teach us about our colleges or our quote-unquote colleges. That's a funny fact. So. The minute they can comprehend yeah. That's a gem. And I mean, granted, that age is different for everybody, but mm-hmm. right. as soon as they, as soon as you get a glimpse of them being able to understand, mm-hmm. word, don't that Malcolm X biography. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go read this. Go watch Hidden Colors. <laughs> parts. Facts. Parts one through five. At that point, they like fifteen. Word. I got I got chewed up in the chat the other day because my homie just bought. Hidden Colors Part 5, and I was like, damn, I need to watch the first four. They was like, what? Vaughn, you never saw Hidden Colors? I'm like, listen, I know. So I wanted I know. to know Nah, I never, I never have, yo. You have, bro. You put me on to it. Hidden Colors? Yes. I think it might be. That's when, like, Dr. Umar we talking. Man, like, everybody on there from Ben Carson to, like, everybody we talking about Jones. Like, I, I know what you're talking about, and it wasn't Hidden Colors. I know, I know what you're talking about. Um... I have to go on YouTube, but I know what you're talking about because it was a it was a part series as well, but it wasn't hidden colors. But I do know exactly what you're talking about because it was like five parts to that as well. 
um, what is this dude's name? I'm about to put y'all on to some knowledge real quick. It was called White It Out. It was White It Out part one, two, three. It was mad parts, but it's called White It Out. Well, then I saw any color, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but White It Out, they do the same thing. They was cutting different clips from different, from Hidden Colors and putting it in there, but, but yeah. So, yeah, man, I mean, I don't, you got anything you want to touch on? Nah, I think we talk all the, the gems. Facts. And persuasions to go to HBCUs over PWIs. So I thought I said WPIs. <laughs> <laughs> white people, people white university. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing them all together. Or that shit, that would be a diverse ass school, but. Yeah, man, I don't got nothing else to say on the docket either for this episode, at least. Um, what you Anything else you want to add? You've been dropping gems. Facts. I, mean, I think that's it. Just go to an HBCU and be proud that you're there. And do well. Mm-hmm. Go to class. Yeah, don't have pass. Bars. Mm. <laughs> 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 Bars. <coughs> but on that note, until next time, make sure y'all. You know, get educated and not entertained all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I'm HBCUs, any top-ranked athletes, bring your behind some HBCU. I'm talking to you, LeBron James Jr. <laughs> in the year 2023. Facts, D-Wade's right. son. Right. right. And all of them. It, well, I could I could see... I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. If... I want to say I could see LeBron, like, persuading his son to... Go to HBCU, but at the same time, nah. Big Nike school, like Oregon or something. Yeah, Kentucky somewhere. It'll be Nike sponsored. That's all I know. And I would, I would say D Wade, but the way his family household set up these days, hell no. That Wade family different these days, man. Wow. My girls. But anywho, it's tragic. So gonna holler at y'all. We'll say that for another episode. Facts. Until next time, it's your boy King Vaughn on the mic. You can follow me at KingXVaughn underscore on Instagram, rugby underscore Reggie on Twitter. And Grundy the Ghost. You can follow me at The Grundy Show, Instagram and Twitter. And lastly, but not least, our special guest today. Janae. You can follow me at Janae Marshall on Instagram. Give me the spell one more time. J A N A I M Y C H E L L. Matter of fact, my bad, my bad, my bad. And I was just scrolling through this article and I saw this one piece that is is very, very true in regards to athletes and HBCUs. If we take it back to um, the 50s, 60s, and until present and everything like that, all the top black athletes, they were going to HBCUs. Now, granted, it's because it was segregation and motherfuckers was mad racist back then, so we couldn't go to a PWI. But what made it change? You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, I guess segregation being lifted and everything like that. But even still, if why, why when segregation was lifted, why did we decide to go to, H- to PWIs? Because if you look, the Willis Reeds, Erda Poro Monroe, Walter Payton, um, shit, Walter, where did Walter Payton go? Um, not Walter Payton, but the, uh, like, there was, like, the three. Jim Brown? Yeah, Jim Brown. But didn't he go to Syracuse? I think he went to Syracuse. He played lacrosse. Whatever. There was, like, three black running backs in a row to play for the <coughs> to play for the Bears. They all went to um, HBCUs or whatever, I think. 
But the point is, back in the day, all the top black athletes was going to HBCUs at one point in time. And then they essentially switched the paradigm somehow and I guess dropped segregation and allowed us to start going to PWIs. But even with then, it's just, it just goes back to segregation as a whole. We just wanted to be, to be integrated with the white man so bad. I think, I, I, I guess it just, it trickled over into sports, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it trickled over into sports because, you know, you have to go to school to play these sports. So, if they were segregated before, they probably felt like they were equal to these white people. If they're going to school, these white people getting the same degrees as them. So, I think that's the reason why. That's why it shifted to black athletes going to these PWIs. Yeah, I guess so. But, let's switch, again, main point, switch the paradigm back. All the top athletes will start going to HBCUs again. And because we already taken over sports, let's take it over the right way. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that's that. I just wanted to touch on that real quick because I, I, like I said, I literally was just scrolling and I saw it. But um, yeah, we don't got to do the outro again. You already know what it is. <laughs> Celestial Conversations. We out of here. Peace, peace. peace.